When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It took me a hot second to figure out what was going on, guys. I was thinking about, you know, what we're going to talk about on the show today, and I realized, oh man, we didn't have a show last week. <laughs> last week was Thanksgiving, so we, we didn't get together to talk recruiting. Uh, so we've got uh, basically two weeks of things to talk about. Coming up on the show today, uh, we have uh, commitments that didn't happen, the push to the National Signing Day, recapping November, and of course... Uh, we have, excuse me, one second. It's Ooh. been a rough morning so far. Uh, updated rankings in the on 300. So all that coming up on the show today, plus questions from the crowd. So if you've got anything going on uh, that you want to talk about with Penn State recruiting, uh, have at it. <laughs> Fitz. That's, a, that's a real that's a real pro move. Uh, muting yourself for the cough there. I mean that's uh, that's tough to do in line. So you know, uh, hopefully our YouTube viewers viewers weren't too turned off but that's that's good work for you but yeah there's there's plenty to talk about i mean penn state's got a fairly full recruiting class i mean it's one of those ones where we talked about all cycle that you know you could get you could stretch to 30 if the numbers were there i don't think the numbers are there i think they still have some lines in the water in 2014 there's a lot of portal focus as i think the last time ryan and i were on together we're talking about how like december is going to be portal focus it's not going to be yeah like who are you going after to fill out your class before national signing day although there i think there will be elements of that but it's going to be portal heavy for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Ryan, uh, by the way, that's that's eight years of radio training to turn off my microphone when I hack up a lung uh, in the early morning. Ryan, uh, thoughts of what's going on with you, uh, what you're thinking about with recruiting now that we are uh, just on the cusp of December and the early signing period being fully in the windshield for us. Yeah, three-week stretch. Uh, as they say in horse racing, down the stretch we go. Oh, man. Three visit weekends potentially, but you know, with no OC hired right now, I don't, I don't know if much is happening this weekend. Well, no, actually, nothing's happened this week. The coaches are going to hit the road um, and and do uh, you know off campus visits with with. I assume most of their committed guys. We got to put that list together here still. We'll, we'll work on that today, but uh, yeah, we'll see here which weekends guys pop on campus. I would assume once the portal opens on Monday, they're going to be trying hard to to set visits with guys for those uh, final two weekends in December. So there will be stuff, but for 2024, you know, as Sean was saying, I mean, they seem pretty content with where they're at. And, you know, if, if players pop up, they'll, they'll go after them. But right now I'm not seeing much. Fitz, uh, we'll talk about the portal at the end, but I also want to get a little bit of talk, a little bit of discussion about it right now. Uh, is this a situation where there's a lot going on behind the scenes and we aren't hearing about it yet? Or is it kind of one of those things where the portal happens when the portal happens? Because it, it feels like there's uh, stuff bubbling under the surface and a lot of things going on that, that are not public in terms of Penn State's plans for what they're doing at this point. A lot of it's under the surface right now, mostly because the portal isn't actually open for a lot yeah. of the guys that they'll end up targeting until Monday. It's going to be a situation where you're seeing guys announce their intent to go into the portal. And of course, we've talked about this before. You've got uh, the graduate transfers are always able to go in. The um, uh, the guys with coaching changes have that 30-day window. So mm -hmm. a lot of the movement that we'll see will be next week. Now, they offered an offensive tackle yesterday, uh, Division II guy, a little bit of a different situation. He went into the portal, I think, in uh, mid-November. So like there, there there are guys in there, but like the, the swath of guys that they're going to like target covet whatever you want to call it yeah. aren't going to be in until next week and you've kind of got to like bide your time until then like there have been offers that are going out but there's not a, like there's there's less than you think like there's yeah. like you look at the potential guys that penn state is going to go after or the potential guys that the pool of penn state 
competition is going to go after and there haven't been a ton of offers that have gone out so yeah um i think a lot of it is bubbling under the surface there's a lot of evaluation going on right now and sort of stacking them up into those tiers that we've talked about so often it's not exactly like finding the number one guy and like putting all your attention on the number one guy it's going and finding a, a group of a cluster of guys that you want to go after and then maybe make the connections and, and go from there so it, it's always working you're always back channeling trying to figure mm-hmm. out ways to get in like first um but like it's 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 crunch time now and we're going to see a little bit more of the public sphere of things right let, uh, let me add to that real quick sure. and just to clarify some stuff that sean was saying there like right now the guys who can get offers are players who did not play at the, the fbs level so you're seeing a bunch of ivy league guys get offers penn state offers alan heron the the was he division two sean i believe it was division offensive tackle shoulder, uh, in georgia uh, so they can they can target FCS guys, and then remember they offered Keyshawn Blackstock at the end of October. Why can they offer him and not other, uh, you know, FBS guys? It's because of coaching changes. So the guys who are getting offers right now, or at least supposed to be getting offers right now, or yeah. coaching changes, guys who played FCS or lower, and then grad transfers as well. Grad transfers, I believe, can get offers at the moment as well. So, you know, you- you're good. Go ahead, Sean. It, it was funny. You saw this last year where guys announced their intention to go in the portal and then they would put out offers yeah. and they weren't in the portal yet. Like th- it's funny how this stuff comes together. And then yeah. all of a sudden those tweets would be deleted. Um, but uh, it's it's funny how this has all come together. But yeah, you're going to wait until Monday for the, the rush of things, I think. So yeah, I've just seen a lot of fans saying right. like, why is Penn State not offering these guys? Why, you know, like what's going on? We're seeing all these offers. Well, the pool that we're really going to be talking about, they technically aren't allowed to offer until Monday. Now, what's happening behind the scenes, that's another story for another day. So so that's kind of what I was driving at. What I was curious about is, is this like the legal tampering period? Oh my gosh. Is this the legal legal tampering period for for the NFL in free agency where there's a lot of deals being, uh, deals happening and things behind the scenes and suddenly... On December 4th, we're going to hear, hey, X committed to this school, like went in the transfer portal, immediately committed to this. That's how it felt last year. And there's just less of that. So I think, I guess maybe the question is, are teams smarter about that this time around, Ryan? Oh, can you guys hear this mower outside my house right now? Because I couldn't hear anything you were just saying. My neighbor has not mowed for freaking six weeks. And now today, right now, when we're doing this podcast, now we got a mower going out. All right, I'll hop on that one, Ryan. Yeah, I didn't Um, hear anything. Sorry, I got this mower. It is happening. Like Max Johnson, uh, you know, was a quarterback. He just went into the portal the other day. All of a sudden, he's committed to North Carolina. Like he really found himself in those two days, or actually, I don't even think it was two days. It was a day and a half in the portal, and ends up at North Carolina. So yeah, there's there's back channeling going on, and and a lot of that is above the line in in the sense that you're not talking to the actual player. Like that that is where the contact like limits are. You can't talk to the player doesn't mean you can't call up their high school coach. doesn't mean they can't call up their trainer or somebody that's been around. Like it's, it's something that you can work around and you can be prepared for. And it's something that your collectives can like be out in front of like you, it, your coaching staff is not going to be the one that's like giving that pitch, but your collective is, is one that can set the table for you essentially before you even get to know them. So like you're, I don't think you're going to see a ton of it um, because people are so sensitive of to what the the perception is. Like when, when a guy like goes in the portal on December 4th and he's committed December 5th, that's, that's not a good look for anybody. And, and college coaches, even if they have a commitment from a guy are going to say, Hey, why don't we wait till the end of the week? Why don't we wait till next week? And then like, like we're, we're, we're good. We're good here. Like we're going to yeah. get this done, but like, let's just maybe tap the brakes there and hope, hopefully in that situation, somebody doesn't come in and swoop in and all of a sudden a bigger school comes in with a bigger, you know, better, better offer. That's the risk you take. But the other, the other risk is, Hey, you were tampering with this kid and it's pretty obvious. Yeah. It, it seems like it's hard for a program like Penn State that wants to do things by the book to actually do things by the book. Like the book is, it, is what it is at this point. Is Max Johnson a grad transfer? I mean, he's yes. done four years now. So yes. yeah, that's that's also part of it too. There, I, I don't know how much, but he just went into the portal. Like it was a situation. Oh, right. where I got what you're saying. Right, you're saying, portal, and then you can't hours and, boom. Gotcha. and then you've got you've got situations like um, Riley Tom, Riley Thompson from Duke Thompson, right? Riley uh, Leonard, Riley, Riley Thompson, Leonard, Hunter Penn State. Riley Thompson, Hunter Penn State. That's my guy. Uh, hey, I, I'm thinking more about Riley Thompson right now than Riley R- Leonard, so that's why. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, that's bad. Uh, Riley Thompson or Riley Leonard. Jeez, man. 
Um, we need to start we the should, show over. We should all go sit in the penalty box. We're like, great if, if we had one of those. <laughs> Riley Leonard goes into the portal and he's got a no contact clause. Like that, that, that is a situation that is a box you can check when you go into the portal with compliance that you don't want anybody to contact you, which means like you're just in there to maybe find the lay of the land or like you already know where you're going. Like Notre Dame seems like they're getting Riley Leonard. Like that doesn't seem like a situation where there's much uh, intrigue in terms of where he's going. I think Auburn was thrown out there. Um, the, the, I mean, Texas A&M would be a natural like, like jumping point, but Notre Dame seems like they're going to get him. So like that no contact thing is very interesting to me. But other than that, I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're standing right now. The, the pool right now is much more shallow than you think it is. There's a lot of guys intending to go in the portal. I saw Bo Collins from Clemson um is going into the portal but he can't go in until monday and then we'll we'll see what happens with guys like that for the majority of high school football players the season is over still some championship games out there um we're going to be talking about the penn state class of 2024 but right now that's really important because this is the start of the building blocks for your next football season and the best way to be good at football guys is to be good at football like yes height weight speed are all unbelievably important but to be good at football gives you an edge in uh recruiting and all aspects of your life and you should check out mma fx if you have a son uh in football or if you're a football coach that wants to give your team an edge on the field it's the only comprehensive hand fighting program video set for football players available featuring former penn state all big 10 defensive lineman and former nfl player anthony zettel which you can see here doing some of the techniques with bruce lombard who created the video set um, you can see all that here on, on the YouTube channel. Over two hours of hand fighting and hand speed techniques and drills, four levels of progression so that you can progress yourself and get better to the level, uh, you know, to, to a great level of proficiency um, without having to have, you know, Bruce, a professional coach there with you because it's done with professional videography, including different ad angles, slow motion, visual details, attention to detail and technical commenting uh, during the video to show you like, here are the important things of what we're looking at when we slow things down. So check out Bruce. He's awesome. He's been awesome to work with here on uh, the BWI live show. So you can check out MMAFX.net and for the holidays up until Christmas, if you want a discount on it, this is awesome. Use uh, 15BWI. That's promo code 15BWI at MMAFX.net or excuse me, at uh, LombardMMA.com backslash shop. And you use that promo code to get 15% off your video set. Benefits everybody, but especially uh, defensive, specifically defensive line linebackers and wide receivers um, to, to get better at your craft so thanks again to lombard mma for being a part of the show talking about recruiting we have recruits who watch the show so you guys if you come into state college he can help you especially if you play any of those positions uh to to sharpen up your technique ryan I'm, we're coming to you for this next part you wrote about the things uh from november that you learned looking at back at a bunch of these things but specifically recruiting and the lists put together over the course of the year so um take it away break down what you found when looking at all of the the biggest recruiting weekends of the year for penn state in the 2023 home season yeah so we put together a, a november recap today and that was primarily focused on michigan and Rutgers, of course uh, but just while i was working on that kind of was going back looking at west virginia looking at iowa Michigan, I mean, and those were the three. I don't, I, we have Rutgers in there just because that was the most recent game. But, but when you look at, you know, the numbers that they hosted this year, I thought it was pretty impressive. Uh, basically, it stacks up to 140 uncommitted scholarship players who visited for those three games. That doesn't include any of the committed guys. Now, of course, DJ McClary, uh, Brady O'Hara, they're included in some of those numbers because they weren't committed at the time. But, uh, just just doing some digging there. I, I thought those were were really impressive numbers. I mean, the, the 55 uncommitted scholarship players that attended Iowa, I believe, is the biggest we've ever seen, Sean. I believe. I, I haven't gone back through every year, but we're just talking about specific scholarship guys. I thought some of the biggest ones I could find were like 40, like high 40s. Uh, and then the the one that really kind of stood out to me, though, was was Michigan because of the big new because of it, you know, being a big noon kickoff uh, high school playoffs going on. You know, they got 39 uncommitted scholarship players up to that game, which I didn't expect. I mean, going back, if you look at the the Ohio State game the year prior, which was also a big noon kick, it didn't didn't get quite that number. I think it was high 20s. 
uh, low 30, somewhere in that is, what, is where it finished. And obviously, when we go back on those lists now, there are guys who have gotten offers since then. I'm trying to look at specifically who was offered when they were on campus. So um, just looking at just looking over some of these lists and the guys that they got on campus, I, I thought it was pretty impressive and, and something to bring up. You know, I haven't compared it to, you know, Michigan and Ohio State yet. That's something I will kind of do maybe here in the weeks ahead, depending on how busy uh, the portal in 2024 get. Right now, 2024 looks like it's going to be kind of slow. So maybe that'll be a story for another day. But I always just try and get a gauge for, like, how is Penn State doing with recruiting visits, you know, compared to you know, its regional rivals, I guess you would say. And, I mean, that's it's a no-brainer, right? And they should be getting more prospects on campus than Maryland and Rutgers and Pitt. I mean, it is just the status of the program. Um, but some of the numbers here are kind of better. Basically, the, the, the gist of the story is that they're better numbers than, than really kind of what I expected uh, coming into the year. Uh, Fitz, how, you know, I know this is always the million dollar question. There's no no answer, but that's that's a great sign for Penn State health and recruiting. Um, what's the turnaround time on all those those things kind of coming to fruition? How much do you think of this is? you know, good, but ultimately leads to top guys still going to other programs. And how much is it Penn State is building up that strong recruiting base that eventually these guys will make a decision and Penn State will be the decision. How, how do you view the work they put in and the result to come? I love it when you preface with, I'm going to ask this question. I know there's not an answer to it, but here's uh, here's the question. It's a <laughs> good your question. Best. <laughs> it, it, it's a good question because it's, it's absolutely accurate. Um, the timeline here. So Penn State's not going to host many of these guys in December. Like there was once upon a time they would have a junior day in December. And that actually looking back on it, like Kayla Williams was there. There were, there were some dudes there. Um, that one was great for December. And then by the time you got into junior day season, which is January and the first, usually the first weekend of February, February is dead now. Um, but January, like a lot of that luster had worn off. So like some guys that they brought in for that, they, you know, they positioned themselves well. And then all of a sudden they went and saw other schools and that kind of wore off. So you're setting yourself up for the next, the next cycle, which is January, which is those three weekends in January where you're going to have, um, you know, most of your focus is going to be on 25, maybe a few 24 stragglers, but that is the next step. And then you get dead period in February and then spring practice will be here before you know it in March, which is crazy to think about right now. Um, but that that is what you're looking at right now is that window there in because you're going to land some commitments in January. Um, it's going to bleed into February. And then like the spring has become a situation where the guys that are not, you know, I don't want to say that they're like most of the way there already. But the guys that feel they don't have to take official visits in the, in the summer are going mm -hmm. to jump across. And then you're going to have that next uh, that next cycle in, in June. So you've set the table pretty well. Um, again, it's it's about the the, the Trinity there in the um, the blue white game, the lash bash and the whiteout. You got two whiteouts essentially this year and two and a half whiteouts if we're going to count. Yeah, yeah. Like that sets you up pretty well for those guys in 25 and 26. We know that they've gotten some guys in from the out of the region in 26 that, you know, are actually, I would, I would say they're ahead of the cart there in, uh, in 26 right now. Does yeah. that matter? Does that matter? Not particularly, but like they've done a nice job instead of that table. That recruiting staff's done a really good job in, in terms of like putting themselves in position to have a pool to go to that they can feel good about taking players from. Uh, Fitz already put in a uh, pick. A couple months ago for a linebacker in 2025, I believe it was. So if you want to check ago. out bluewhiteillustrated.com. Some of the things that coming out of all of this, I guess, is my point of like, here are some of the things, the tangible things we've seen. Bluewhiteillustrated.com. Great time to sign up if you haven't yet. Um, I got something for just you here on the YouTube channel and for our podcast listeners. I Here's the thing. We're doing this show live. It's not that I never think about the podcast listeners. It's just this is happening and it's in my brain right now. But for anyone here on the podcast or on the YouTube channel, there's a special offer that only happens here. One dollar for two months. So you are going to go through uh, the recruiting season for a dollar. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Use promo code PSU1 to sign up. I will put the link to sign up in the video after we're done here on the show. So check that out and you can get all this recruiting information. I do want to ask you though, Ryan, were there any not names that stuck out to you, guys you think are going to commit, but guys that either you were surprised made to campus or guys that made it multiple times or that you just have your antenna up about maybe some breadcrumbs that you saw? Yeah, well, I could, we could do a podcast just on this. I mean, one thing One thing before I get to that quick is also notice Penn State has more 2025 commitments than any other Big Ten school at the moment, too. So I think that kind of speaks to the two and a half whiteout games, kind of like what we were talking about. Uh, just their their home schedule ended up being really good 
for 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 visitors this year. Um, and I think that's why you're, you're seeing six commitments right now where, you know, schools like Ohio State, Michigan, I believe Ohio State and Oregon have four and Michigan has three. Uh, but get to your point. I mean, yeah, there, there's a ton of guys we can we can discuss. Yeah, just looking, I'm going to just kind of focus more so on, on Michigan just because it was one of the more recent ones. But Elijah Melendez, linebacker out of Florida, who put out a top 10, didn't include Penn State, then visited Penn State the next day, which was which was always interesting. That was right after the uh, the Ohio State game. He, uh, I, I did an interview with him, I don't know, two, two weeks or so ago. And, you know, he explained that he came up for that Ohio State game uh, at Columbus. And of course, his his dad lives in New Jersey, so they're just driving back through New Jersey, and you know they're they're on eighty, and they see the signs for Penn State, stop on over, and it's it's wild that how that little quick two and a half hour, maybe three hour visit, how much that's impacted his recruitment because then he comes back for the Michigan game, and now I mean he's saying Penn State's pretty much one of his three or four top schools, Michigan's in there, uh, Ohio State's in there. It, it does feel like he may end up in the Big Ten, which when you look at his offer list. Uh, you, you, you know, just from the outside looking in, you probably wouldn't expect that right off the bat. Uh, I believe I, I want to say maybe there was one other school, maybe LSU was was the other one he said. But, uh, you know, just just for Michigan, though, you know, Trent, Trent Wilson, he was up twice this year. Massive, pretty, pretty important player. Now, wise, uh, you know, he's a top 50 prospect defensive lineman. You know, Penn State obviously has. They've done good with interior defensive linemen. They missed on a lot of those like absolute top top guys. You know, Jason yeah. Moore was somebody we discussed quite a bit uh, two classes ago. End up at Ohio State, so you know, getting someone like Trent Wilson would be massive. He's visited Penn State, I think, not as much as every other school combined, but I don't know what is it like four or five visits now, where every other school is pretty much just like one or two. Ohio State's going to be in the mix there too. I do want to stress that, but you know, Terry Kayer is another top, you know, just outside the top fifty safety prospect out of St. John's. You got Lex Cyrus back. Sean, you you caught up with was it Malachi Goodman, I believe, Paramus. Like he's a guy who's not really. I don't think he's rated yet by on three, but just from talking to people, seems like he could be maybe a four star player. Yeah, I think Goodman is going to be a guy that's probably a little bit higher in the list than the rankings will indicate right now. Like, I think he's going to move up. He had a really good junior year. Like, I sent his stuff to Charles Power a couple of weeks ago. It, it looked pretty good. Um, so, like, he's a guy like that. You mentioned the, the defensive lineman. I'm I'm very interested to see in this cycle, like, this is essentially Deion Barnes' first cycle, like, uh, to get in there with guys that he can build that the younger relationship with you know he got he got a chance and he had malachi williams and he's known jalen harvey forever but when you're the guy it's kind of different he's got a chance to connect with some defensive linemen that you know i think could could move the needle and uh john scott for all the great things that john scott did he was not a connector sean spencer has been hit and miss but i think dion has got the opportunity to really really take that to the next level in, in the next cycle and you know those those defensive linemen are uh, like premium so like a lot of schools are yeah. going to be after them but i think dion has got a chance to uh to make some make a splash in 2025 there there were so many years where you know we were talking about dion being as, as important as anybody in philadelphia you know and now he's got yeah. the opportunity to do that nationally to some degree obviously at the position but more so regionally and, and all that so i mean dion's always really connected well with guys and one other chief defect real quick before i move on Z zamir mm -hmm. smith was another one uh out of it was is he in uh delmarva sean uh the 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 athlete Oh, crap. I got to pull up this profile real quick. Anyway, uh, long story short, 2025 guys, Zamir Smith comes up. You know, he, I don't know. He's got like he's well from, over a dozen offers all of a sudden. Yeah, Go ahead. yeah he's, he's, he is from the Eastern. He's from Denton. I drove, drove through there the other day. It was a uh, oh, full boy. That's, uh, that's, that's out there in terms of football prospect land. <laughs> but that's where yeah, Charles I mean, he, from, actually. Just some really impressive, you know, testing numbers and, you know, run, running the, the 100 and all that. Just, just another guy who, like, right now isn't ranked. But, like, I could see us talking about him as being, you know, an on 300 prospect down the road. I mean, his offers are absolutely blowing up. Came up for that Michigan game. Really raved about it. You know, he's got Georgia already. He's got Texas. Tennessee, I think, was another one. Um, so just, just, just a couple of guys that really kind of stood out. And we could go all day on, on the, yeah. the guys from Iowa and all that. But, you know, I know we got other topics to discuss. Uh, I, I love it when you thwart a T Frank question of, you know, there, there's a lot of guys in the 2024 class. We're going to talk about this later in the show that have uh, blown up, you know, like who who are kind of some of the dark horse names and you nailed it there. So I'm, we're just going to get on to the uh, November recap, which is the things that happened in November, obviously comparing all of those. The, the, the major groundwork is what we just talked about. But here are the uh, things that actually happened, decisions that were made. Um, and we, we've covered this before, but let's just talk about this again. Uh, the team got a quarterback in November. That is something that you can't talk enough about. So now that we are 
much further past it, Ryan, what are your thoughts about Beckham Kritz's decision to join the Nittany Lions and the impact of that? Right. And we discussed it right after, obviously. Um, but the thing I'd say to add to this conversation is really the intel that we've gotten since, which is that Penn State absolutely plans to go after two quarterbacks. Like we, we were discussing that a little bit in the days after, but you know, given a couple of weeks now, we're able to talk to multiple people about it like that. That's still very much is the plan. The, the thing that's just so intriguing is just the OC hire, how that impacts everything, right? Like we're talking about Malik Washington a lot. We're talking about Matt Zollers a lot. You know, Ryan Montgomery's in the mix. I don't think Ryan Montgomery's very interested in being part of a two quarterback class, but what happens if the new OC comes in and that's the guy he wants? So yeah. just a lot of intrigue there on, on how Penn State will handle this over the next six weeks. Uh, when this hire is made is also massive. Like for example, uh, it, like it, it'll be mainly centered on Grunkmeyer and, and the 2024 guys here as far as uh, leaving campus and, and, you know, doing those in-home visits here over the next two, three weeks. Uh, but just getting in, getting the foot in the door with those 2025 guys as soon as possible is, is very important. Yeah. Uh, Cause guys like Zollers keep getting offers and you know, that, th that, that quarterback board is only getting smaller, smaller and smaller. Of course they're going to shoot, shoot really high for Bryce Underwood as well. I just think the NIL money that he's going to probably get from LSU is just going to dwarf everybody else, though. Yeah, Fitz, the quarterback situation with the offensive coordinator, um, how much is there a rebuild of relationships and how much is Danny O'Brien a part of this of being able to maintain those things and kind of bridge the gap for Penn State? Yeah, I think Danny's been the main player for a long time. Like, this is one thing, like, going back to when Drew committed, like, somebody reached out and was like, Hey, Danny was a big part of this. It's like, we really don't want anyone to know because we don't want anybody poaching Danny, but like Danny was a big part of this. And and if you look at some of the comments James Franklin's made in the last couple of weeks, Drew came to him and, and, you know, sort of expressed his feelings on Danny. So I think Danny's going to be a piece of this, no matter what, how he works with the new guy. I don't know. Um, it's, it's going to be a scenario where you've got to figure out if he's, can go back to that GA role and be the de facto quarterback coach, if that makes sense, which I think he can do that. He's got two more years to, uh, to possibly do that. So um, he's going to be a big part of it. And he's always been a big part of recruiting. He's, he's been one of the guys that scouts, one of the guys that, that, you know, is able to get in there and uh, sort of give his take on it and be taken seriously. If that makes any sense, it doesn't always happen for GAs, but Danny O'Brien is, is very well respected in that. So I think he's going to be a part of it no matter what. Um, you got to find a role for him. You got to find a role for him on the field to work with those guys and and continue that. So be very curious to see the dynamics of that and how that works with titles and things like that. And this is something that uh, we're we're talking about now. But this, Ryan, this is going to go on for a while. I mean, think about Ethan Grunkmeyer and when he committed, when they evaluated him, all those things. So, um, you know, I guess just the general board. We've talked a lot about there's good, there's good talent here. The players that they're involved with all have. I'd say significant levels of talent in one way or another. Do you still feel positive? Cause there's some questions about how the offensive coordinator, all that fits into this. Do you still feel positive about where Penn state is on the road to potentially getting two guys? Or do you think this is going to be like an uphill thing? <sighs> it's hard to say. It just, this, I, I don't, until I know who the OC is and we get a better feel for right. what he's looking for. Like again, okay, let's, let's go back to 2022. Bro Pabula commits. Kirk Sharaka, Yurchich. When when Yurchich gets hired in January, like Drew Aller, we weren't even talking about Drew. Like, right? Were we? I don't. And I thought Drew Aller was more like February. I thought like maybe late January, February is when when Drew really started to appear. And then obviously March uh, was when things really took off. But it's just we're sitting here on November thirtieth. Like, yeah, I think Matt Zollers it absolutely is a guy that James Franklin wants. I think Malik Washington, same. But again, you get an OC in here and 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 you get another Grunkmeyer or Aller, a guy who's kind of floating under the radar right now. And, you know, there, there might be a name we don't even we're not even think about right now. Yeah, it's essentially yeah. a clean slate. I mean, you you get a chance. You have a guy that's committed and like the new guy will come in and find his guy, whether that's Beckham Kritz or not. I don't know, but he'll find his guy and, and go with that. And then it's a matter of how do you keep two quarterbacks in a class if or first off, how do you convince a quarterback to join a two quarterback class? And then how do you keep two quarterbacks in a class? But at the same time, like if you if you find the guy that you want, you feel pretty good about that. So like yeah. that, I think that's the way you look at it as essentially a clean slate and it's never as simple as that but essentially a clean slate and you got to find the right guys that want to be part of a two quarterback class that want to um be a, in a situation where they compete and in the portal era you know you, you can be in a two quarterback class and a year later you can be somewhere else it's not 
it's not no harm, no foul, but at the same time, there's a lot less risk involved than there was when you had to end up sitting out a year. Yeah, and I think it's good you guys did the the thing I was hoping, which was kind of paint a timeline of this on a very clunky question of here's what we have now, here's the timeline of what you should be looking at, and obviously those pieces have to fall into place to make all of those facts realities about what 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 the team is looking for and how all that stuff fits together. I mean, I um, would say though the 2025 QB class is moving fast, right? Oh, I mean, I, mean, I think yeah. I, what is it? I think five of the top, the top seven one. are already committed. Uh, you know, eight of the top ten or something like that. Like it's 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 going fast. So I don't I don't know if Penn State if Penn State gets to April or May without another one. Like I don't know if there will be another one or it's going to be a guy who's a, a you know a, a Grunkmeyer, for example. It, the football season is mostly over, but the bowl game is coming up. There's a bunch of different ways you can get to the bowl game. Uh, one of the things that I'm looking at is you, you've you got the NFL season. Now, it's not going great for me and Fitz, but the NFL season is still going strong. So if you want to check out any of those games, uh, what I would suggest is download the Game Time app uh, and check out where you can get the best deal on tickets because whether it's I, i've done this before where it, i i got great tickets to go see the bills uh as a christmas present for zoe um and then there was an unholy oh, storm for zoe right <laughs> she'd never been to an nfl game before i was like here you go honey i know that this is definitely for you uh, um <laughs> then there was an unholy storm and we didn't get to go there but if you want to check out anything in your area go to game time I use the the desktop, but the app is also great to download and get you. They, they have a bunch of awesome things that they do. One of the things I like the most, even if it isn't about sports, is it gives you last minute ticket deals, flash sales, and you get to see what you're buying. So as you can see here, Cardinals and Steelers is what we're showing on the screen. You get a view of the ticket that they're selling you right now. You can go check out different things like concerts and you want to go to Pittsburgh and spend a weekend. They can let you know what it is and where it is and how much you're going to pay for it. So game time. Uh, awesome to have them here on the show and download the game time app use the promo code bwi and you'll get uh 50 uh, 20 off your first purchase terms apply uh like i said against the when it was the Rutgers game i don't think you're going to get five dollars back from uh, a 15 dollars ticket but gametime.co is the place to go and uh check that out as you can see here on the screen but also the game time app on your phone as well uh so we got through november and the thing that people really want to know about is what's coming up next. But something that we do have to talk about is the Penn State class of 2024 and how much Penn State nailed their evaluations on some of these guys who have become not just in the on 300, Ryan, but in the top 100. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's start with the, the, the obvious one, the most meteoric rise, Luke Reynolds. I know you talked to Charles Power. What was the conversation about Luke Reynolds and why he has been such a darling in this senior season? It really goes back to the Elite 11. I mean, that's where the, that major impression was made. But, I mean, his stock just continues to climb up now. Uh, top three tight end in the country. What's his number? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. 38. Uh, climbed 44 spots in this most recent update. Like I said, third, uh, third in the country right now. And he's, I mean, as Charles was saying, he's those top three – are just kind of clearly ahead of everybody else. I know Odom's one of them at Alabama, and I, I forget the LSU commit's uh, name off the top of my head. But, I mean, that's from what Charles believes, at least, I mean, Reynolds and those two are, you know, a good – there's a good gap there between them and the rest of the tight ends in this class. And, you know, his, his big thing is just, like, what Charles is excited about is Reynolds and, uh, you know, the, the two guys they brought in last year, uh, Arapoye, yeah. especially uh, putting those two, putting those two together and, you know, what they could potentially bring to, to Penn State's offense down the road. So and that was the big thing that I think has Reynolds excited <laughs> wants to watch Penn State down the road is is watching Rapoye and, and, and Reynolds uh, and, and Schlaffer, too. I mean, he's 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 done mm -hmm. some good things from everything we've, we've seen behind the scenes. I mean, he was he ended up being a four star for all three. So uh, I think I think Reynolds was the big move. And there's a couple others, too. I don't know if you want me to roll right into him if you want to discuss well, I do I do want to get Fitz, uh, his his thoughts here on just, I, I probably do this a little too much, but what you just mentioned there, I think is also really important, putting guys in position to succeed and having Rapelier and Reynolds, Fitz, the, 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 those two guys working together seems like that's a pretty good tandem whenever they're able to get those guys on the field. Is, is that fair that not only are they both very good, they both have a diverse skill set that works together and you're not having to like 
square peg round hole either of these guys yeah and you have to continue to develop them into complete tight ends i mean reynolds is essentially yeah. a, a wide receiver right now that's going to come in and and play a little bit differently than rapelier rapelier is just a different breed in terms of a guy that actually put his hand on the ground a guy that actually blocked you know high school yeah. tight ends don't block i mean that's 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 the way that they're at they are right now um, but it's, it's it's very difficult for anyone to step into that tight end room. And even even for a guy like Schlaffer or, or Jerry Cross, like good players, like good guy, like guys that could play in the Big Ten. But like that, that is it's such a log jam with talent there that you're not going to find yourself with that opportunity right away. So that's why when I see Reynolds, who's about 220 pounds right now, like that's going to be a guy that's, you know, probably going to find himself in a situation where he's he's not going to play a ton next year. And that's going to be a learning experience. And, and Rappelier, I think was more ready to come in and play right away, but we also see what's in front of him. Like Khalil yeah. Dinkins, pretty good tight end. Like there's, there's a situation there. So like, this is, um, you know, it's it, that, that room's in a really good spot right now. Like that room is in a spot where you're like complaining about guys not playing because the guys in front of them are pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see what it looks like in a year or two. Um, but I think it's going to be about the same story. Like you're going to have guys that are blocking other guys, other good players, because they're they're good players as well. So I'm very curious to see where Reynolds fits in. I know that he's highly rated, which makes people think that he's going to step in and play right away. I'm not sure that that's the case. I can see Rappelier taking a step next year and being a starter, like as a redshirt freshman, which doesn't happen at a ton of positions. But he's a guy that's that he's got that kind of talent. So very interested, and I and I did love watching the rise. It was, it was very funny because like when Luke Reynolds committed, I was really high on him watching the film and i'm like this guy is he was penn state's lowest rated commit at that point i'm like he's not gonna end up there and then yeah. all of a sudden like i'm i'm on this train here where it's like he's gonna get better he's gonna get better and then all of a sudden the rankings just go straight <laughs> up and i'm like hey that's really high man number 38 yeah. overall as a tight end as a flex yeah. tight end that's that's really high so he incredibly talented kid incredibly talented uh you know great guy to have in your class and things like that but wow he uh that's a he skyrocketed, and that's uh, that's uh, that's a good evaluation. Well, it was funny watching him. Uh, some just some of the little things that leaked out of his junior season. It was like, man, he is pretty good in contested catch situations. You see in the summer, and I'm like, that's a skill. Like yeah. you, you've seen it enough. That's a skill. And then you saw it on his highlights where he just went off this year when he had a quarterback and wasn't playing two positions. Ryan, you were going to say something. Well, I'm just going to re. Sean was talking about how like. He doesn't expect this to change. You know, a tight end will continue to be a, a position they recruit well. And then I was thinking back to earlier, we were talking about like guys who got on campus that, you know, surprised me or whatever. Lincoln Cure. Lincoln Cure. Yeah. Like, want to talk about another good evaluation? I mean, Penn State offers him, he gets 12, he gets a dozen offers from like quality power five schools within, I think, a two to three week span after Penn State offers, no rating or anything like that uh, when that came down. Now he's number 64 in the country. So like they're, they're clearly finding, you know, give Ty how, give the whole staff a lot of credit. Recruiting staff, of course, deserves a lot of credit too. Uh, they're doing a really good job of finding some really good athletes at this position before many others are. And uh, I think it's, I think it's funny when you watch Penn state, there's, there's always a couple of positions where Penn state offers guys and, and then they end up exploding with, you know, other quality power five offers and, and tight end is up there with any of them. Yeah. For sure. Um, and another area they've been nailing evaluations lately. Um, and speaking of tight ends and depth in the room, trying to build up the depth in the quarterback room has been something for a long time. And everyone is trying to do that. Ethan Grunkmeyer went from a guy that everyone's like, hey, I like some of these things and watching him in the spring. Man, he's got a nice fluid release. And suddenly, uh, Ryan, where did he land in this last update? Yeah, well, he moved from a 92 overall rating to a 93, uh, which is I mean, he's right outside the top 100. It's uh, I was joking with with Charles about like, uh, come on, man, you couldn't you couldn't get another top 100 recruit just in there just because we always are joking, I guess. About, that's a joke. Uh, yes, and that's a joke. Yes, <laughs> joking. Know. But like I we're always talking it. about on the board about how like Penn State misses on top 100 prospects, right? And I and I think and I think Grunkmeyer absolutely has the case of of being yeah you know make the case of being a top 100 guy so anyway it was a joke between charles and i a couple weeks ago calm down sean but anyway no, his no, evaluation no, no. people think that's how rankings actually work so uh, we need to, <laughs> need, need to i get it i get it and it's not i wish i had more study in that kind of stuff but anyway uh just his 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 on season or his his on the field performance this season i mean we always knew from a fundamental perspective he was one of the top guys in the country i think charles called him the best uh when it comes to mechanics at the elite 11 finals this year well, sure enough, I mean, he puts it all together this year, has an incredible season. 
uh, and really just kind of his decision making and things like that. I mean, that's what kind of led to uh, 30 more spots up to number 107 yeah. and number seven overall uh, at the quarterback position as well, which is which is good to see Penn State having another top 10 quarterback. We'll, we'll see where things go down the road with Smolik and Prabula and who knows, two more quarterbacks in 2025. You know, I, I think Penn State fans already believe Gronkmeyer is going to take over for Aller. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> Yeah, Fitz, just the 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 importance of these evaluations and how I know that there's no again, I'm going to ask you a question. There's no answer to, but it's the, the fundamentals of the of the question is, uh, is Penn State on the road to turning the corner at quarterback where, you know, you've got Sean Clifford, who's a good football player, played here a long time, but getting more of these guys that are in this general area. Do is there any consistency or is there anything that you can point to that says, yes, Penn State has turn the corner where now they're getting the eyes of of guys that can be program quarterbacks on a more consistent basis i'm not, I'm not going to say that because you look at grunkmeyer's recruitment penn state was one of the first big time offers for him like it's about discovering guys right now that fit what you're trying to do and i think for mike yersich's faults did a pretty darn good job of identifying guys that sort of fit that mold luke um, Cromenhook, by the way yeah uh, one of his top targets became a top quarterback Right. I mean, that's yeah. a situation where this guy knows what he's looking at when it comes to quarterbacks. And, and you know, I think a guy like Grunkmeyer kind of fits what you're looking for in a college quarterback and make some things happen. He's not a runner. Like, he's not a, he's not a, like, uh, he's not Bo. He's not going to be a right. guy that you just put in and you expect to run. Like, but he can make some things happen. I mean, Drew even did that a little bit, you know, when he was in high school. So you're getting guys that are like able to think on their feet. And I can't stress enough how much that that matters in the college game. Um, I'll be interested to see Grunkmeyer is going to play in the Under Armour All-American Bowl in a couple of weeks. And uh, that's like right before he goes to Penn State right now, hoping to get down there for a couple of days to see how he sort of, you know, interacts and 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 levels up with the, some of the top quarterbacks in the country. And I think he, I think that's a situation where he can thrive. And I think it's a situation where he's going to put in the effort necessary. Like you go down that under armor game under under armor, especially like there's some guys that are there, like getting a tan, like that's, that's why they're there. Like that's, yeah. they, they take that game. Not very it's seriously the Pro Bowl for high school. Correct. Yeah. Whereas like you go to the, uh, the army bowl, the old army bowl in San Antonio, it's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more focused. So I'm very curious to see how he goes in what kind of mindset he's got and how he spins the ball compared to some of his peers. Um, and I think he's, he's got an opportunity to justify it. I don't know if he's got an opportunity to move much further up than one Oh seven in the country, but he's, he's certainly got an, an opportunity to justify himself as one of the top quarterbacks in the country, which, you know, when, when guys are like, you, you see that elite 11 graphic that comes out every week, like these guys, some guys are playing against, uh ryan and t frank and some guys are playing against uh img every week so i mean it's it's very <laughs> different when when the competition is there and then when you get them all together that's when you can shine so i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in person uh this is not just a pitch for me to go to orlando over new year's or whatever uh this is a, a situation where i actually want to see where he stacks up nationally and uh, i'm looking forward to it quickly here um getting a little bit off topic great question though we are penn state reds asks any update on keandre barker love the show fitz i know you've been following keandre and his situation in texas I, I i genuinely apologize if this is something that there isn't an update on uh but i was curious too is is there an update on keandre barker you know it's exactly what i was going to google after i got done my last question so we'll oh, get back to that one we'll come back to that i didn't see if he played or not to be honest yeah I mean, he basically he missed the season, though, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe he played here at the very end. We'll yeah. we'll dig on him a little bit. It's, I mean, between the portal and, and trying to figure out, yeah, uh, hierarchy 8th, of needs. It's not. It's it. not going to be up there. Yeah, I mean, we've got <laughs> a question I was prepared for today. If that's what you're asking, yeah, <laughs> we're killing it today. Uh, so let's get to the last two guys here. Ryan, I'm going to come to you to start this off. Uh, John Mitchell, Peter Gonzalez, both of these guys also moving up. I think, and this is just my opinion based on what I've seen from Penn State and what Peter brings to the table, might be one of the more important guys to get right given his skill, you know, his particular skill set and what Penn State needs at receiver. Um, what was your conversation with Charles and what he thinks about what Peter brings to the table? And just as a side question, does he bring the things that Penn State needs? Maybe not year one when they need it, but like, eventually what do you what do you think well yeah I, I think so i mean we're, we're gonna find out right i mean he certainly has impressed charles moved up to an 89 overall uh, the big takeaway just talking to him is that he's kind of in a uh, i would say a handful of those high three-star players that charles is considering for a four-star rating we'll see no i don't have any influence everyone calm down 
<laughs> we'll see where things go. But I, I know Charles is, uh, is is thinking about that. So, I mean, the film looked great, right? I mean, at the same time, he's playing with really good players around him. So, you know, I I, I think where I, the one thing I struggle with a little bit is like when I talk to people who you know really evaluate these guys, you know, they they think Tysir Denmark is just as good or, or if not better, you know, a guy who could make an impact just as quickly. So, mm-hmm. right. I mean, I think Penn State thinks both of these guys are potential four-star players, really. But, you know, D- Denmark's the one where I, I kind of think is still maybe getting overlooked a little bit when it comes to ratings and stuff like that. And when you look at the film, like, one, there's not really any film out there for Tysier. And then, two, just when you compare the quarterback play and who they're playing with, like, it's not exactly – it's not apples and apples, right? It's it's just mm-hmm. a much different situation when it comes to you know f- facilitating the ball and stuff like that. So I think the film has really jumped out. Obviously, he has the size, speed. You know, we those things were all kind of confirmed over the summer. Uh, they yeah. ran track as well. You know, doubling down on that. So like that's all there. I just one thing I struggle with a little bit is just like if he ends up being a four star. Like, I don't know if that's how Penn State would. I don't know if Penn State staff would agree with that just from the perspective of, you know, I think fans will maybe have the impression that that Peter could come in and make a make an early impact. Where I think if you if you if you really got to ask people uh, and lash, I think they would lean a little bit more towards Tysier as the guy yeah. that they hope well, to make that impact. Yeah, Tysier is a better overall receiver, runs routes better, has, you know, that a unique skill of mm-hmm. have that short area quickness where Peter, big, fast, strong, physical hands are good. You know, but not great route running his offense, as you mentioned, you know, what he was doing this year was basically uh, short and long. He there was not a lot of route finesse there. And that's something that mm-hmm. he and Marcus Higgins, I, you know, have talked about and things that he knows he needs to get better at. But you got to execute the assignment you're given. He was given bombs away in this offense and he, he nailed it. So it's it is interesting, the perception of those two, uh, like, like you just said, of who could come in and, and contribute immediately. And then but but. To me, like, I've been hammering this for too long. They need guys that can play on the outside. Even if you play in 12 personnel, you need guys that can play on the mm-hmm. outside. And Peter has that build. So I uh, want to get to John Mitchell uh, last here to round, round this up before we get into the official visit weekend. So, well, uh, what, yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, let me take it. I mean, I, first off, I also want to just throw Cooper Cousins in there, too, uh, oh, just because yes. like Cooper moved up him. about 20 spots. And like from my talk with Charles, like he thinks Cooper is pretty much the best center prospect in the country. Sean, is Cooper still going to play center? <laughs> He's going to start at tackle, I think, okay. in the spring, similar to what they've done with uh, with guys in the past, um, to see if they can stick there and at least get them the experience. They did the same thing for years. I mean, they did it with Connor McGovern. Uh, obviously, did it with Berkmeyer um, last uh, last spring. But yeah, I think it, I think that his spring is going to be spent at tackle. He, I think he knows what he's doing at center. Um, but uh, I think that that's where you see him go because he's, you know, he's one of those center prospects that he's six six. He is he has the length to play tackle and tackle is such a valuable position that not only do you want to see if he can stick there, but you want to see if, you know, if you're in a pinch in the future that he can play there. For sure. You don't so, want to find I, I wanna, Ohio state. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to get your thought. Cause obviously we talked about him being, you know, this, 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 you know, larger than most centers, right. And more athletic than most centers, but we've also been talking so so long about his versatility. So I just was curious if you if you had any thoughts or updates on what they were thinking there. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I still see him as a center, like in in the long run. And look, I mean, you look at that. You're looking at that film on YouTube, and that that squat, like that that bend, is yep. not natural for a dude that size. Like that mm-hmm. is that is something special. Now it'll take some time to jump from Erie McDowell to, to the Big Ten, like no doubt about it. But at the same time, he's he's like been preparing for this for a long, long time. Yeah, he's not a guy just based on what you see that is going to play his freshman season. This I, I I wouldn't expect that, especially at center, where if you are projecting him like you've got Hunter Norzad moving on, you're looking at who might be a guy that plays in there. And I know Alex Birchmeyer is going to be part of the conversation. Nick Dawkins, people have talked about that. But I wouldn't think that you want to put a guy in who still has some learning to do with the position at center specifically. Um, so, Ryan, anything left on Cooper? that you wanted to get to no I, I mean he moved up 20 spots right i mean this was remember i remember when cooper cooper was always kind of in the back end of the on 300 and he dropped out and that was one where we're like eh, don't see that happen and then of course charles gets an opportunity to see him up close and and he's been firmly in that top half for ever since and and we'll we'll continue to stay there so uh just just switching over to john mitchell too this is another guy who has really kind of fluctuated a lot right i mean he was number 61 at one point then yeah. dropped all the way to number 152 and now he's back up to 82 in the country. So a, a guy who's always been in the top half of the on 300, uh, but he should 
I feel pretty confident that he should finish in the top 100 now. He had a hell of a season, man. 59 tackles as a cornerback, 13 pass deflections, three interceptions, multiple tackles for loss. Uh, really just put up some impressive numbers. And I think when you watch his film, the thing that stops that stands out, at least to me, is like how well he's coached. Like technically, like would, if I'm looking for a corner that can come in and and probably contribute, like he certainly makes a lot of sense. Now, Belgrave Shorter, too, has a lot of that as well. But I think I think he's really well coached. And that's what kind of stands out to me as far as uh, just his discipline and things like that. I mean, he's a, he's he's a he's got some really good instincts. Is there a guy fits you'd compare him to? Apologize if this is, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before of where where he fits on the on the scale and, and where you're thinking about it. Because Ryan's saying maybe he could come in and play early. Only well, I was saying that just because of the cornerback position. Like honestly, right, they need right. they it's need needed. portal guys. Yeah, yeah, they need that. Uh they yeah. need to to bridge that gap between Washington and Zion. So that's most important. But if they if they struggle there, I mean, I think there's some fundamentals there that could maybe get them on the field. Yeah. Sean doesn't agree. I, I'm, no, no. I, I, okay. From talking to people, at least prior to the season, like I haven't really touched base on this subject. Belgrave since Shorter. Then, but Belgrave Shorter was the guy that they thought could come in and play right away just because he's a little bit closer. Now, John had a phenomenal senior year. Like they, they're they a great team. Like they, they've got talent everywhere. Like I think Belgrave Shorter had a couple of picks last week. So like they, it, it's tough to throw on them. They've got a four star 2025 safety in the backfield. Like they got a five star receiver in the list. They've got, a ton of talent like that it's going to Alabama. So, um, but Mitchell is a guy that kind of reminds me of Johnny Dixon. Like it's tough to find the elite traits, but like it's easy to yeah. find the great traits, like yeah. things that he's really good at been, been really high on John Mitchell for a long time. Um, so I think that he's a guy that, you know, can potentially get in there. Like it's, it's tough to see a freshman breaking through just because it's so hard to do. Like you remember when Kalen King broke through, like he was still a third corner, like still a yeah. third and fourth corner. Like it's not a situation where we expect one of these guys to step in and start. And you've also got a guy like Zion Tracy that they think can, you know, maybe be in that starters realm next year. So um, it, it, they're still looking at portal. They're still looking at all options there. Um, but it's a, it's a situation where you have an opportunity there and these guys are talented. So it's, it's going to be, interesting and on top of that they're they're from florida so like they're a long way from home yeah they're gonna get a chance to uh to to do their thing so that they stick around so uh, it's, it's it's really an interesting proposition for terry smith next year again like i said they're gonna go portal they're gonna or at least look portal to find guys that that can fit their scheme um whether that's a guy that's the number it's gonna be a number one number two whatever it's gonna be or it's gonna be a number four like i, I don't know how it's gonna play out but like this is a situation where you got to rebuild at some point because you're losing at least two of those guys yeah, rebuild, but also retool with the talent that you're comparable talent, I should say. And that's the same conversation we've had at defensive end. The, the, this defensive Manny Diaz sticks around. It's so important to get guys that can play in this system, and it puts a lot of pressure on them. So Mitchell, you know, I, I think it's the point I'm driving at here. I think it's positive for Penn State fans that John Mitchell you know, in the rankings has gone up and down, but is trending upward here at the end because you want to make sure that even rankings aside, the skill set and everything he can do matches what Penn State's been able to do recently. So let's get into uh, this fa this upcoming visit. We'll, uh, weekend, we'll obviously be detailing that next week as well, but just kind of set up everything going on. Fitz, I've, I've handed you some hard questions today, so I just want to give you this one of, can you just set up the weekend, what's happening uh, on December 8th for this official visit weekend for fans? No, I can't because it's it's not set yet. Like this is a situation where um, Penn State will get some guys in. I don't know what you've read that I haven't, um, but that's that's going to be the weekend where they bring guys in, whether it's portal mm -hmm. guys, whether it's uh, potential twenty twenty four guys late. But that's not a situation where we have much set up. So, boy, your 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 line of questioning today. Is, I got uh, four hours of sleep last night, so this is the best we're going to get today. <laughs> I well, just I I thought I was like, you know what, I'm locked in. I'm ready to go. Not really. Um, so we got, okay, we what do, what do we need to know about it? We do have some good questions from the chat. So if you want right. to, you want some questions that uh, I think we're maybe prepared for, we can go there. Here, let, <laughs> let me jump in. I'll jump. I'll jump no. in for a second. First, I have to clarify one thing. I, when I'm talking John Mitchell, I'm talking 200 snaps. I'm, I'm talking, you know, the, mm -hmm. the potential guy. Maybe he does a red shirt because he plays five or six games, something like that. I didn't absolutely do not think he's playing 700 snaps next year. Uh, and then to, to go into this December 8th weekend, I mean, look, it's going to be most of the, the committed guys, right? The guys who have been coming up to all these games, they'll be back up for that kind of camaraderie, that last kind of uh, group get-together that we see every year. I expect a couple of portal guys to, to be on campus that weekend as well. Really, those most of those guys will emerge 
between next Monday and Wednesday. So, you know, as far as names and stuff like that, we'll see. 2024, not seeing a whole lot. I mean, one thing we skipped on, AJ Dennis, of course, committed to Illinois last mm -hmm. week uh, or this week. Shocker. I mean, I really thought that was a Penn State or Clemson. I, I, I mean, I kind of thought it Clemson was going to be the school. Like, it was a good visit to Penn State, but whenever someone leaves campus and the the feedback is like yeah we feel really good but like keep an eye on clemson like that kind of gave me a vibe there that clemson's well anyway long story short it didn't even be either of them it ended up being the fighting illini as sean you, we were texting about yesterday shows how much relations relationships, relationships still matter man uh, we mm -hmm. talk about nil and money and all that stuff all the time with recruits but that one was just the case of illinois was on them longer and harder than anybody else and, and that relationship went out and then sue just gotta mention ernest willer too setting official visits to ohio state Maryland and who was the other one? I'm sorry, I'm drawing. Oh, Ohio State, Maryland is it Wisconsin? Maybe Wisconsin, anyway. I believe. Yeah, yeah, it sets up three other fishes elsewhere. Yeah, he was a guy we were talking about as maybe someone that would pop up in December. Pretty much, I get the impression Penn State decided to 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 move on there, use its scholarships uh, for portal guys or other positions. So that wasn't really more. I think it was more of a Penn State decision than Willer. Leave it at that. Fitz, you got something? Looked like you were about to say something. No, not really. I was just uh, I was reading the comments here on the other side. So if you want to, yeah, cue us up what for do, some of them. What What do you, uh, Manny Diaz to Duke? Yeah, uh, we got Diaz to Duke. Let's okay, uh, let's, let's look at that. that. I mean, it's it's certainly a possibility. Like it, you remember, like these schools have to interview, like or not have to, but these schools interview half a dozen a dozen guys. So Manny being involved is not a shock. You know, I said that whenever Elko left, like they're going to give Manny a call. Like this was a successful run for Elko as a defensive coach. So it's not a situation where they have to go defense to offense because they fired the last guy. Duke is not a trash job like it's been in the past. I mean, I looked up today. Um, Duke didn't have a draft pick between 20, 2004 and 2013, like a draft pick at all. Like not not like they didn't have a first rounder. They didn't have a draft pick. That's so wow. look at how far that program has come in the last decade. It's been pretty remarkable. It's still what it is. Like it's a basketball school, it's et cetera. But it's, it's yeah. a division one power for now job like so it's those aren't too many there aren't too many of those floating around i don't know that it's the job for manny but i think he's going to be in the mix i think it's already been reported publicly that he's interviewed for them or has met with them or whatever you want to call it but like he'll certainly be in the mix there that does obviously change some things for penn state's defense uh if he were to leave but we're i think we're still you know away from from discussing that right now and just this is the general question how does if he does how does that affect um the recruiting class and everything that they've built so far on the defensive side of the ball, doing a lot of really good work. Um, it seems like this is, this happens a lot. So uh, just a good refresher on generally how Penn state recruits uh, these players fits. Yeah. I think um, if Manny were to change that, obviously is something you circle back around to a little bit heavier than you would on the offensive side of the ball. Like I think that the offensive side is guys that are committed to James Franklin committed to the program and things like that. Whereas the defensive side, man, he's got himself a style like and the, and some of these guys really like the way that they do it. And uh, you know, it gives them an opportunity to uh, switch gears if they, if they see fit. But uh, I think it would, it would be more of a 2025 thing, especially in the offensive side of the ball. You bring in an OC, you've got an opportunity to have sort of a new coach bump there. Um, and, and go with that. So I don't see much changing on the offensive side of the ball, the defense side of the ball, that would be a, a reset in several ways. So I think that that would have the, the bigger impact, but again, we're, we're not there yet. So we're not going to really discuss that one in, in general coordinator recruiting is interesting because it's not as hands-on as position coaches. Like the position coaches are the ones that do the legwork. The recruiting staff do a lot of that. The, um, the coordinators are icing, you know, that's, that's what they are. That's the, there are guys that show you how they fit in their scheme but it's not hey come here come here come here as is it would be for position coaches and, and honestly penn state's head coaches like that as well so um it it doesn't matter as much but it's got to be the right fit on both sides of the ball so that's where that's where it ends up mattering uh last thing for me is actually from lambda who's here how do visits work for portal guys can they just turn up on campus for an unofficial whenever they want what about ovs is there a visit window this was the question i was trying to ask you earlier fitz so lambda doing a great job today doing my job that's a much better question um yeah yeah i mean they can turn up for unofficials whenever they want there's no real limit to that um they, they are set to the same standard as the dead period so the dead period is going to come into effect just before signing day, uh, the, the week at the week of signing day goes quiet and dead. Um, so they're, they're not going to be able to visit over the holiday. Uh, there is a little bit of a window on the other side um, where they can come in in early January where high school guys can't come in, but 
you really don't see that utilized all that uh, all that much. So um, they are sort of beholden to the same rules. Their official visits, um, you know, that that weekend of December eighth is is Penn State's visit weekend. Hasn't all been scheduled yet. Hasn't all been set up yet. But that is the weekend, and they will use official visits for portal guys if they can do that. Uh, so Ryan, final thoughts. Get us out of here uh, with what you're thinking about going forward with all this stuff and what fans should look at over at bluewhiteillustrated.com from you in the coming days. Which uh, yeah, coaches hitting the road this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Will there be an OC? Who knows? Uh, do we know? Is Danny filling in for the OC? Do we know how that's? Have we figured that out yet, Sean? I, I got to dig on that. I'm not sure if we know who's filling in for the OC yet. We'll road. just uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll look at that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anyway, but yeah, somebody else will. Uh, well, we'll see where things go, but uh, yeah, them hitting the road this weekend. Next weekend, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Next weekend, you have like the visit weekend we're talking about. There will be state championships uh, down here at Cumberland Valley as well. I would expect Penn State's coaches to show up for that. Uh, we'll see which players are still alive. Tyke Hayes, I know, is, is still alive with Alec Quippa, a few others. Obviously, St. Joseph's Prep's always in the mix. We'll see who makes it through this semifinal weekend, but uh, it's really just kind of is there going to be a 2024 guy who we're not talking about who shows up, maybe, but right now it feels very transfer portal heavy. And, you know, to know who those most of those portal guys are going to be, uh, tune in next week because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday should be fun. So for all of the questions left unanswered by the questions I asked, go to bluewhiteillustrated.com. That's the best thing you can do is go to bluewhiteillustrated.com. These guys will have those things for you either um, in premium article form or uh, the place you get like good stuff, the the message board where you can get some stuff that um, they're they're saving just for people who are on the message board. So bluewhiteillustrated.com, great time to sign up, as we said before. Guys, thank you so much. We're getting out of here. We will be back uh, next time on the, pen, uh, the BWI live show. We'll talk.